Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Our God is great, and he's greatly to be praised. He's a holy God. He's a righteous God. He's a wonderful God. He's a magnificent God and an omnipresent God. Um, Wherever you are, you ought to give God praise. Lift up your hands and worship his name. We thank you, God, for who you are. Psalms 27 and 13 says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So I want you to understand that you're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We have a place in heaven, but I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we thank you right now for another opportunity to give your name to praise, Lord Jesus. There's so many things going on in this world, but God, you have the entire world in your hands. And for that, we say thank you. Thank you that we know you have all things under control. You are the creator, God. So we know that you can do nothing, anything, you can do everything but fail. And Lord God, we just thank you for that. Have your way in our homes, God. Answer our prayers, Lord Jesus hear our cries and hear our voices, God. And Lord, we thank you because ultimately we know in the end we win. So Lord God, we just thank you for the win again, Lord God. Have your way. You be glorified. You be magnified. We lift your holy and righteous name and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now wherever you are, come on and give God praise. Hallelujah. Wherever you are, come on and give him praise. He's worthy. He's awesome. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid of? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all. Let's worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless your name, God. There's nobody like you. Hallelujah. You're an awesome God. Hallelujah. And we give 
Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? And I will wait on you. I will trust in you. Say the Lord is my life. Come on, sing it to him. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my life. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? Say, I will wait. Come on, we're going to wait on him, and I will trust in you. I won't move until you tell me. I will wait on you. I will trust in you. You declare it. Say, I will remain. I will remain confident, confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. The Lord is the Lord. Come on, you ought to say it with your heart today. Whom shall I fear? Shall I be afraid? The Lord is my life. Whom shall I fear? Be afraid. Say, I will wait on you. I won't step out of the way, God. Say, I will trust in you. If you didn't tell me, I'm not going to move. I will wait on you. And I will trust in you. Come on, let's say, say, I will remain. I will remain confident in this. Hallelujah. I will see the I'm gonna stand on your word, God. See, I will remain. I'm putting it in. I will see the goodness of the Lord. Well, come on and praise Him. If you know you're gonna see the goodness of the Lord, hallelujah. We declare today that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And we declare today that this thing will turn around. Hallelujah. He's holy and he's righteous. Hallelujah. And we praise your name today, God. Hallelujah. We set our hope on you. We set our hope on your love. We set our hope on the one who is the everlasting
you to get that in your spirit today. I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. And we're going to wait on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you didn't say it, I'm not moving. So I will trust in you. Hallelujah. Your word is great. I will wait Touch yourself and say, touch yourself. Say, I will trust in you. Hallelujah. Okay, my spirit is saying, say it one more time. I will remain, hallelujah, confident in this. All this stuff going on in the world, I will remain confident in this. All this stuff knocking me to and fro, I will remain confident in this I will see the goodness of the Lord and we worship you because we know that we're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living hallelujah can you just give God praise hallelujah he's our light and he's our salvation I know you guys well I grew up on on this hymn and uh, I just wanted to sing a little bit of it. And if you know it, you can sing it with me. Hallelujah. So walk in the light, beautiful light. Come where the dewdrops of mercy shine bright. Shine all around us by day and by night Jesus the light of the world can we just sing a little bit of that come on one two here we go and walk in the light beautiful light come where the dewdrop of mercy Shine, shine all around us, shine all around us by day and by Say, Jesus, Jesus, the light. Can we do it one more time? Let's take it again. Say, walk in the light, walk in the light, beautiful light. Come where the two
to give him praise. I can see the light coming. I know it's been dark, it's been dim, it's been a lot going on, but I can see the light coming. Hallelujah. Don't be discouraged by what you see. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. So hold on to your faith. Listen. Darkness seems to be all around me. Searching for what my eyes cannot see. Where to go next and who can I trust? No one but you. My hope is Jesus. And I can see the light. Hey, I can see the light coming. I can see the light. I can see the light. Say, oh, oh, oh. Come on, if you agree, you ought to shout to God today. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Say, darkness. Yourself, say, I can see the light. I can see the light. Say, I can. I can see the light. Say, this whole, this whole last. Your word will come to pass. Will pass. Say, I can see the light. I can see the light coming. Say, it's coming. Everybody, say, oh, come on. You ought to rejoice in knowing that God has the final say. Hallelujah. Listen. So Out of your sickness, out of stress, he will. 
isn't it good to know that God will deliver he is so faithful to his word he's so faithful to his word let's get into our study for today we are looking all year at what it means to be the church we're looking at how we carry out how we live out who we are to him or who we are in him I'm sorry I've said it before we started this year out studying the fact that the church is not a building the church is not a brick and mortar structure but we are the temple of the Holy Ghost and then like an object lesson this worldwide pandemic came into play a couple of months ago making it making it unsafe for us to be together in one space and so we have had to carry on as the church at home and as we continue our study of what it means to be the church we're going to the first chapter of Acts you may have heard me preach from this passage of scripture before, but as we look toward what many consider the birthday of the church in just a couple of weeks, Pentecost Sunday, I believe that we need to take a look at Jesus' plan for the power of the church. Let me show you. Let's go to the scripture, Acts chapter 1, starting at verse 1, and here's how it reads. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the, unto the apostles whom he had chosen, verse 3, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the father which saith he ye have heard of me for truly John baptized with water but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. And verse 8, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Verses 1 through 8 of Acts chapter 1 from the King James Version of the Holy Bible. The former treatise, the former letter have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Here Luke, the author of this book, is referring to the first writing to Theophilus. We know it as the Gospel of Luke. In his Gospel he presented what he calls here the beginning 
of what Jesus did and taught until the day he was taken up. In other words, where the gospel of Luke ends, the book of Acts picks up. At the end of the gospel of Luke, Jesus is talking to his disciples about the promise of the Father, that is the Holy Spirit. He's talking to the apostles, to the ones to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. At the end of the gospel, Luke leaves off with Jesus saying, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry ye in Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And here he picks up the conversation. Jesus is assembled together with them, and he says, John truly baptized with water, but I want you to wait in Jerusalem for another baptism. Because in just a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. This was just the fulfillment of what John had been preaching. John said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me there's coming one more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to carry, who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now I want you to notice the disciples' response to what Jesus is saying. They ask him, are you about to restore the kingdom to Israel? Is now the time when you're going to free us from Roman rule and oppression? Now these are the same ones who have been with Jesus in ministry for three years. The same ones who saw him feed hungry folk. The same ones who saw him heal sick folk who watched him open blinded eyes and unstop deaf ears. They saw him walk on water. They saw him preach and teach along the way. And now he is saying that they are going to receive power. And these blessed men of God think that Jesus is referring to politics. They believe he's about to give them political power. This is literally their last opportunity to say something to Jesus on earth. And they're asking him about political power. But saints, Jesus didn't come to play politics. You see, the whole concept of politics, whether it's in government or the church or on your job, wherever it is, the whole concept centers around the notion, I've said it before, that there is a limited resource called power, and the politics is about who has that limited resource power, who has the power and who's trying to get the power. And so you're divided based on who has it, who's trying to get it, but the disciples have forgotten that Jesus wrapped all that up when he got up from the grave and announce all power is mine. So he's not concerned about wrestling power out of the hands of the Romans because he already said, I got all the power. And now he's telling the disciples, I'm going to give that power to you. Power that this world doesn't know anything about. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Samaria, in Judea and the uttermost parts of the earth. And that's where we want to stick for just a little bit today. I want to preach from the subject, the power of the church. The power of the church. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus gives us three truths 
about the power that he gave to the church. He starts with, number one, the source of the power. Because his apostles here were confused about where the power will come from. They, they think that they need political power to change the world. But political power, governmental power, was not what they needed. And saints, we are yet still today trying to get in bed with politicians and a corrupt political system because we believe that if we can get some governmental power behind us, then we'll be effective. If we rub the Republicans the right way, if we rub the Democrats the right way, then we can be more effective. But my daddy used to say it like this, God doesn't ride an elephant nor a donkey. You don't believe me? If political or governmental power could handle everything, then why? Why is there still overt, not even covered up, overt systemic racism in the United States of America in 2020 when the laws were supposed to have erased it decades ago? You don't believe me? Why is there still a drug problem in the country when the government is supposedly working so hard to eliminate it? You don't believe me? Why are there still children who are hungry when the government has so many programs to fight hunger? Because there are some things that political power can not fix. I would go so far as to say there's some stuff that political power only makes worse. Jesus says the power that you need doesn't come from the government because the power that you need is not an outside-in power. It is an inside-out power. It's a power that starts on the inside, not the outside. The only way you're going to have the type of power that you need is from the Holy Ghost, that beautiful third person of the Trinity, the one who at creation moved on the face of the water, the same Spirit of God who filled Gideon in chapters six and seven of judges that enabled him to call together an army to defeat the, uh, the enemies of Israel. The same spirit who filled Samson and gave him power to defeat a lion in Judges chapter 14 and that empowered him even after he had lost his hair and his strength to Delilah to make a comeback and defeat the Philistines in chapter 15. Jesus said, you want some real power? You need the Holy Ghost. He is the source of power, the kind of power that Jesus is talking about. It cannot be bought. It cannot be elected. It can't be worked up. It can be poorly imitated, but it cannot be duplicated. It only comes from the Holy Ghost. You can have all the right music. You can have the right shout, the right dance, the right moves, the right hoop in your preach, and still have no real power. Jesus says you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost comes. No Holy Ghost, no real power. Jesus, the holder of the power, has the right to decide how the power is distributed. After Jesus talks about the source of the power, number one, then he goes on to mention number two, the purpose of the power. It's in the text you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. Brothers and sisters, the purpose of the power is that they would become witnesses. And don't you know those apostles were not the only ones who didn't understand? Even today, 
we're still mistaken about the purpose of the promised power. There's still a whole lot of saints who are mistaken in the purpose. I've said it, I keep saying it, they think the Holy Ghost came so we can speak in tongues and shout and have good church, the power that the Holy Ghost came even so that we, be, we could become closer to God. But I want to argue today that the power of the Holy Ghost is not just about speaking in tongues. It is not just about shouting. It is not just about having good church. The power of the Holy Ghost is not even just about becoming closer to God. The purpose of the Holy Ghost is not so we can show each other how holy we are. It's not so we can pray louder and longer. It's not so we can work miracles amongst ourselves. It's not even about us. The purpose of the power is so that we could be so that we could be witnesses did you hear that the Holy Ghost is given so that we can effectively be witnesses for Christ listen at what Jesus says after the Holy Ghost has come upon you you will be the Holy Ghost has the power to make me into something that I wasn't before so when I'm called to the stand, I will be a good witness. Don't listen. Don't come telling me about how much Holy Ghost you have if having the Holy Ghost hasn't changed you. What Jesus offers here is not a command to witness. He doesn't say, after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, go witness. No, he says, after the Holy Ghost comes, you will be witnesses. When the Holy Ghost really comes upon you, when you're really baptized with the Holy Ghost, when you are really fully immersed in the Holy Spirit, overcome by the Holy Spirit, drenched in the Holy Spirit, there is no part of you that remains untouched. So witnessing is not just what you do, is who you are so my walk will be a witness my talk will be a witness the songs I sing will be a witness the jokes I tell will be a witness the food I eat will be a witness the drinks I drink will be a witness the words I use will be a witness the places I go will be a witness my life will be the witness of Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit listen to me being filled with the Holy Spirit is not an experience it is a way of life. My life ought to say Jesus is real. Long before my words do it. My walk ought to say God is good long before my words do. My attitude ought to point to what Jesus can do even if I can't say a word. You see, it's our being that will open the door to our doing. When they see that you have peace in the midst of your storm and they ask you how, that's your opportunity. When they see that you didn't have to drown your sorrows in alcohol and they ask why not, that's your door. When they remember what you used to be and how you used to act and what you used to do and they see you now and they ask what happens, there's your opportunity. The purpose of the power is so that we can live as witnesses. Jesus has given the source of the power. He has illuminated the purpose of the power. And then finally, he talks about his plan for this power. You see, the power that is in the church is not for the church to decide how to use it. The one who gives the power is the one who gets to decide the plan for the use of this power. And we have become so used to running our own show 
so used to misusing and abusing power that we have forgotten what Jesus said to do with this power. He says, all right, fellas, you're going to receive power. I'm going to give you power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. Stop right there. You shall be witnesses unto me. That's what the King James Version says. And if you stop there, if you don't look into it, it sounds like Jesus is saying you will witness to him. But in the original text, that phrase unto me simply means mine. That's why if you look in the New International Version or the New American Standard Bible, you will see it says you will be my witnesses. It shows ownership. It shows possession. You will be my witnesses. You're not going on your own. You're not talking about you. There is no self-promotion here. You will be my witnesses. You're not bringing attention to yourself, not to your church, not to your ministry, not to your gift, not to your talent, not to your organization. You're going to be witnesses unto me. And when you go, start in Jerusalem. That's right where you live. Don't try to go out first and be witnesses to people who don't know you. Start where you are. Start with people who knew you when. That's why I'm not a fan, and y'all forgive me, but I am not a fan of so-called cold evangelism, just knocking on random doors, just going up to random people. Because if that were so effective, then Jehovah's Witnesses would be the fastest growing cult in the world. They knock on more doors than anybody, but, the, but it doesn't work because that's not Jesus's plan. Jesus said, you be witnesses, first of all, in Jerusalem, first in your own house. What are you saying, Reverend? Here's what I'm saying. Don't be all holy in the church building and raising hell at home. Kissing all the women in the church building and hitting your wife at home. Blessing the children in the church building and cursing your wife at home. Be the church at home. Let your wife see Jesus in you. Let your husband see Jesus in you. Let your children see Jesus in you. Start in Jerusalem. Start with the people who know you best. Start with the ones who knew you when you were sinking deep in sin. That's the plan of the power. Let me close so y'all can go on and have some lunch. You really need to be like the woman from Samaria who met Jesus at the well one day, you remember the woman who had had five husbands and the man she was currently with was not her husband. You remember the woman, she went to get water, but Jesus gave her that living water and changed her life forever. The Bible says she went back to town to the men, to the ones who knew her well and said, come see a man who made a difference in my life start at Jerusalem be the church at home then you can work your way out to Samaria and to Judea and the uttermost parts of the world then you can go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature you can tell them that Jesus died and that his death was not in vain you can tell them that when he was nailed to that old rugged cross your sins were nailed there 
you can tell them that when he died the old you died with him you can tell them that when he rose from the dead when he got up from the grave he got up with all power in his hands and church he left that power to you it's through the Holy Ghost the church of the living God has some power this morning and if you would just use the power that God has given you through the Holy Ghost if we would just use the power that God has given us through the Holy Ghost then sour folks would sweeten up gossiping folk would shut up crooked folk would straighten up slow folk would speed up dirty folk would get cleaned up stubborn folks would give up aggressive folk would back up lame folk would get up loose folks would tighten up drunk folk would sober up church there is some power but the power is not in our music it's not in our lights it's not in our staging it's not in our fancy words it's not in our robes it's not in our fine buildings the power is in the holy ghost not by might nor by your power but by my spirit says the lord there is power you need the holy ghost you should shout right now fill me lord with the holy ghost baptize me lord drench me lord immerse me lord cover me lord fill me with the holy ghost we need we need the holy ghost you'll receive power after the holy ghost has come listen listen there are too many churches playing with fake power we got all the trappings that look like we got some power but day in and day out people remain the same I'm not even talking about people on the street I'm talking about people in leadership people in the pulpit people in the church if there is power there will be change I'm sorry but the old saints had it right if you've been born again you ought to show some sign there is power that the, that the church has but that power is not in playing a role. That power is in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I know we're Baptists and we don't talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I tell you what, I talk about the Bible. And Jesus said, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. And I believe the word of God. And I would that you would pray with me right now because it is the Father's good pleasure 
to give the Holy Ghost to those that ask. And I want you to pray with me right now, right where you are, in your living room, in your kitchen, in your bathroom, in your car, wherever you are. Pray with me right now. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the Holy Ghost. I thank you for the promise of real power. I thank you, Lord, because we are the church. The building is not the church. We are. And you promised that we would be witnesses through this Holy Ghost power. We need your help. Fill us afresh. Fill us again. Baptize us. Drench us. Overwhelm us in the Holy Ghost. We need you. We need you. We need you. We need you. We are desperate for your power. We're desperate. We don't want to look like the world. We're tired of acting. We need, the world needs your church to operate in the fullness of power. And we thank you, Lord. We bless your name. We thank you right now. Hallelujah to your name, Lord. Fill us afresh, God. Fill us afresh, Lord, in the name of Jesus and just for your glory. Let all the church agree together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you are watching right now and you are not sure that you're saved, I've got some good news for you. God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world but so that the world through him might be saved. That is good news. God sent Jesus because you couldn't be good enough. You couldn't clean yourself up enough but thank God for the blood of Jesus that washes all sin. Here's how you can be saved. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and the Bible says you shall be saved. Isn't that good news? Listen, you were born once. You were born of your mother. But if you want to live forever, if you want to see Jesus, you've got to be born of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. You need to be born again. You've got to have a new birth. The first time you were born into sin, this time you'll be born into righteousness. What an awesome God we serve. If you'll confess today and believe, you can be saved today. If you're doing that today, just put it in the comments there on Facebook or on YouTube. Send us a message on the website. Let us know that you made a decision for Christ today. That this day, uh, May the 17th, 2020, is your rebirth day. You were born of the Spirit today. Let us know that, would you? God bless you. God bless you. Let me, um, let me tell you just a couple of things and then uh, we'll, we'll get ready to go on. First of all, if you are graduating in this season, you're graduating from high school, from college, or from trade school, would you uh, let us know that? You can call the church office, 937-268-6737. 
and you can leave a message. Make sure that we have your name, your contact information, and the school from which you're graduating. We want to recognize you. Also, it's been a while since we've recognized our young people's academic um, and sports and, uh, and artistic achievements. If you've got achievements for your young people, uh, young people, you can send it in. Call the church. Uh, uh, send us a message on Facebook, on the website. Just get that stuff to you. We want to recognize you as a church family, all right? Would you do that? Our church office will reopen this week, tomorrow, the administrative offices only. And we will be requiring that anybody who comes into the building, into the administrative space, will wear a mask. Uh, if you're sick, don't come. If you don't need to be here, don't come. Call first, put your mask on, and come if you need to, if you have an appointment. But the church offices will be reopened tomorrow. We are looking and praying uh, as to when we can come back together cautiously as a church family when we do it. We'll have to have several services, I'm sure, so that we can control the number of people in the sanctuary. But again, we are in no rush and we are praying and seeking the face of God and we are listening to our governor's instructions and, uh, and we will come back together when we believe honestly that it is the safest for the majority of us. So would you please be patient and pray with us for wisdom and for divine direction. Lastly, let me thank you again for your generosity over the last several weeks. And I would ask that you continue to be generous. Um, we haven't yet, I don't believe, begun to see the economic impact of this current pandemic. Uh, and we want to be able to help as many people as we can and we want to be ready for when that economic impact hits. Uh, so if you would, if you would continue to give by Givelify, you can give by Givelify as an app on your phone or you can text to give. Um, that number is, uh, is on the screen now, 937-543-5. 169 uh, text to give or you can cash app that cash app handle is mtcalmbc mtcalmbc or just drop by uh, Deacon Sandifer and his crew they will be in the parking lot uh, in about six minutes here and they'll be there until about around 12.30 to receive your offering should you choose to put it in one of our Deacon's glove covered hands alright God bless you uh, my prayer is that God would bring us back together I look forward to the time when we can be together again in person and we can worship God together again in physical proximity. There's nothing like it, and I look forward to it. But in the meantime, there is power right in your house. You be the church at home and watch God do what only God can do. All right? God bless you now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Let all the saints agree together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.